Welcome to Speaking of Sex with the Pleasure Mechanics. I'm Chris. I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics, and on this podcast, we have soulful, explicit conversations about sex, love, relationships, everything you need to know to have a more fulfilling, satisfying, erotic relationship with yourself and the world. (laughs) Come on over to PleasureMechanics.com, where you will find our complete podcast archive. And while you are there, go to PleasureMechanics.com slash free and sign up for our free online course, The Erotic Essentials, so we can get you started right away with some of our favorite strategies and techniques for more pleasure. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about orgasms, types of orgasms, kinds of orgasms, the orgasm hierarchy that seems to put a lot of pressure on people to kind of achieve different kinds of orgasms. Where did this idea come from? Is it true? Are there different kinds of orgasms? Are there different kinds of orgasms only for people with vulvas, but penis owners only get one? What's the dealio? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, in our culture, we tend to think about people with penises having a simpler kind of experience of pleasure, that they have one kind of orgasm, and people with vulvas have a more mysterious and complicated relationship to their pleasure, to orgasms. And we want to just talk about that and take some of the pressure off for everyone. It's so interesting because throughout history, female orgasm was never even a topic of conversation. The clitoris was removed from medical textbooks hundreds of years ago. And through the lens of reproductive intercourse being the only valid kind of sex, the only orgasm that was really discussed or researched was the male ejaculatory orgasm. The experience of someone with a penis reaching a certain level of arousal and then having an ejaculatory orgasm. Then along came Freud in the early 20th century, and Freud started talking about female sexual neurosis and invented this category of clitoral orgasms and vaginal orgasms. And vaginal orgasms were the much more sophisticated and mature type of orgasms. Enter the orgasm hierarchy. Since then, we have this proliferation of kinds of orgasms. The list has gotten longer. So now we have an idea of there's clitoral orgasms, vaginal orgasms, blended orgasms, corgasms. Like then we get into the G spot, the A spot, the P spot. Where did all of this come from? What we want to say, first and foremost, is that pleasure, sexual pleasure and erotic pleasure is a much more expansive category than orgasm. So here at Pleasure Mechanics and in your erotic life, we encourage you to focus on pleasure. Pleasure is the measure of how you are enjoying sex. Orgasm is a specific physiological event that can happen with or without physical stimulation. It can happen in your sleep. It can happen in a coma. And an orgasm is a particular up-leveling of the nervous system. It's an excitation, an arousal, and that reaches a certain point that it then cascades into a pleasurable release of that tension. 
usually marked by involuntary contractions of the pelvic muscles and the release of a pleasurable cascade of hormones, oxytocin being the main one. Orgasm is a measurable event in the body. Pleasure is not. Orgasm is a particular moment in time. And this moment can be achieved through all sorts of different stimulation. People who are paralyzed from the neck down can still achieve orgasm. It's really important for us to remember this and not get caught up in this sense of, oh, there's all different kinds of orgasms and some are better than others and some are more fulfilling, some are more enlightened than others. This is all generated by kind of a media hype around sexuality. And we can track this back to the invention of the G-spot. The term the G-spot was coined in 1982. Dr. Beverly Whipple uh, was part of the team that discovered this area in the body. And she really wanted to name it a region of the body. But the media at the time really wanted something a little bit more exciting. So they pressured her to call it a spot. So it has now been called the G-spot. And Beverly Whipple named the G-spot after Dr. Grafenberg, um, who was a German researcher who first recognized this region as an erotic region. And the region he was talking about, we now call the periurethral sponge. It's an area that surrounds the urethra. You access it through the vagina and you put pressure on the top wall towards the belly. And within the vagina, there is a region there that feels different. It feels different to touch and it feels different when it is touched. But when this book came out, the G-spot and other sexual discoveries, I think it was called, the G-spot took a life of its own. And all of a sudden in the media, it was, does the G-spot exist? And where's the G-spot? And how to find the G-spot? And G-spot, G-spot. And we still have that to this day. People are obsessed with the idea of a spot. Then other researchers, and as we have identified other erotic areas, other areas that respond to different kinds of touch, new terms were coined, the A-spot to talk about the anterior fornix area around the cervix, the P-spot, which sometimes refers to an area around the cervix, and sometimes people are referring to the prostate as the P-spot. This obsession with spots and different orgasms triggered by different spots for a lot of people is interpreted as the body has buttons and levers that you need to find and seek out and press in the right way. And then your hair is going to stand up and it'll be super exciting. But the body doesn't really work that way. Each time we approach the body, it is different. Sometimes some kind of touch will feel really good in some moments and other moments it won't feel good at all. For instance, if you're exploring the cervical area, the days right before a period will not feel, will, may not feel as good for some people because the uterus can sit lower in the body and so deep penetration might feel too intense, but other days of the month it might feel really wonderful. So the body is always changing, always different. So something that might feel really good for one person one time might not the next time. Or even within the same event, arousal changes our body and it changes how we perceive and experience stimulation. 
we all know this from different kinds of touch that would feel very weird or unpleasurable if you're totally not aroused. Someone scratching their nails down your back, for example, at the height of arousal can feel really great. The genitals are no different. When we start stimulating the genitals and start bringing blood flow to the area and bring our attention to the area, it's an ever-shifting landscape. And so we can't think about spots to hunt out. We need to think about regions to bring our attention to, to bring touch to, to bring different kinds of technique to in order to see what is there for you right now as is. And I want to just say here, we're talking a lot about the vulva and the cervix, but the penis and the prostate and the anus, the what we traditionally think of as the male sexual system, is no less complicated or nuanced. And the vulva, the clitoris, the vagina is no more mysterious. Our bodies are basically the same. We have different architecture of parts. In the fetus, we are all we all start from the same parts and then they differentiate. And they differentiate along a spectrum. Um, in response to different hormones in utero. And so the, the working theory is that we all kind of start female and then male parts are differentiated through sex hormones. And what we now know is that this is a spectrum. There's all different presentations of genitals. There is not two sexes, innies and outies. And so if we just embrace this idea that the human body is made of all of these different parts And they're situated in slightly different ways, kind of like our faces. Exactly like our faces. (laughs) Most of us have two eyes, a nose, and a mouth. And we all have different configurations of our facial anatomy. We all have different configuration of our genital anatomy. And there are patterns there that we can talk about. And yet the only thing that really matters is your beautiful face, (laughs) your beautiful genitals, and how they are responding right now. And I cannot emphasize this enough, this idea of changeability, because some people go searching for their G-spot and there's a lot of pressure behind that search and they're like hunting for it and they don't feel much of anything or they feel like discomfort or maybe even nausea. And they're like, fuck that, the G-spot's not for me. And then in a different context and different circumstances, some touch lights up this area and they have a tremendous experience of quote unquote G-spot touch, right? So what does this tell us? This tells us that the sexual anatomy, the pelvic anatomy is a wonderland to explore with curiosity, with an open mind, with an inquiry of what can I stimulate right now? What feels good right now? What are you responding to right now? And that changes everything. Thinking of the area more as a map to explore with curiosity and interest instead of something to get right, to tick uh, tick off all the areas on the checklist and like do it really well, right? There is no failure if, if certain areas do not feel good to you right now, try it another time. Um, or if your body isn't responding with like fireworks immediately that's okay as chris was saying some areas do have area do have feelings of numbness and after some gentle exploration 
eventually over many sessions or times you can start to feel some feelings and sometimes there might be really intense feelings and then that will pass and you'll feel something else and then perhaps you'll get to more pleasure it is it is a it is really an exploration and we just really want to encourage you to bring that spirit to your body and to a lover's body instead of something to do right and well let's talk about the experience of orgasm. So if we think about orgasm and arousal as things that can be stimulated through all of these different kinds of touch on different parts of the body, why is it that some people report some orgasms are more powerful than other orgasms? What creates a powerful orgasm versus an orgasm that feels more like a sneeze? Mm. Is that about what buttons we're pushing on different parts of the body or is it about something else? It's about so many things. One of the main pieces is context, your experience of the moment, how your mind is doing, the environment, the feelings you're having about the being that you are with, how relaxed or tense your body is. I mean, there are so many factors that contribute to the amount of pleasure that you can feel in a particular moment. And I think it's important to say here, orgasm actually requires a fairly low level of arousal. It is not the climax. It is not the peak. It is not the ceiling of the pleasure you can feel. It is just a specific event. And there's so much more beyond orgasm. And I think we should talk about that more in future episodes. But this idea that like all sex leads up to this climax and that orgasm is the mountaintop, I think also needs to fall away. Because as you said, the experience of sex, your experience of how fulfilling, exciting, enlivening a certain sex act will feel is not about the orgasm. It's about the full context, the full experience and how much you're paying attention to that orgasm how much you're allowing within that moment. Because we know orgasms can happen in your sleep. And sometimes we wake up in the middle of them. Sometimes we sleep right through them. So if we can sleep through an orgasm, we can also be awake through an orgasm and not feel much of anything. And for some people, an orgasm feels kind of like a sneeze or a hiccup. And it's just kind of like, and it's over. Other orgasms are these world-shaking, earth-trembling, full-body experiences that, you know, seem to open your heart and, you know, like they can be these huge life-changing events, but that's not really about the orgasm. It's about everything else that is happening in that moment and the experience of that climax, you know? Um, And, and... The experience of the orgasm is also partly felt through how much of your body is being activated and touched and stimulated. And the more we know about our full body anatomy, really, but about the genital anatomy and the pelvic anatomy, it gives us clues about how to make things feel bigger, how to make things feel more intense how to allow sensation to travel through your entire body and be experienced through your entire body. And this is the gift that all of these spots reveal. If we let go of them as a checklist, if we let go of them as a hierarchy of orgasms, 
if we let go of the pressure to achieve and perform different kinds of orgasms, instead we can look at these spots as regions to be explored. Because the truth is most of us explore a very superficial level of our sexual anatomy. We stroke the penis, maybe we put the penis in the vagina, and if you're lucky, you discover the clitoris and how to stimulate it. That is just scratching the surface of what is possible for our bodies and the ways we can touch our sexual anatomy. We know that stimulating the penis or the clitoris feels good because we're stimulating nerve endings. But the whole pelvis is rich with nerve endings. There are different nerve pathways that attach the brain to the prostate, to the cervix, to the uterus. So there is so much sensation available through different nerve pathways. And that's partly why you may want to explore stimulating the cervical area as well as the clitoris because you're lighting up new and different pathways that can for some people in some moments create more intense deeper sensations right because you're literally lighting up more of the network the nerves look a lot like branches of the trees you know and i want to get this tattooed all over my body because it's beautiful right nerve fibers travel from the brain down into the body, and then branch out in these ever-expanding webs of feeling. And different nerve endings are specialized to feel different things. And many of us have become very accustomed to stimulating a very limited number of these nerve endings in order to experience sexual pleasure, arousal, orgasm, and ejaculation. We have learned to hotwire our sexual response system by touching ourselves in the same way again and again. Most of us masturbate in the same way we learn to as a child and we get stuck in that pattern or we use a specific toy in a specific way and then kind of get stuck in that pattern of stimulating certain nerve endings to create the sexual response we're looking for. Some people even have one side of their clitoris is more sensitive to the other And there is a question there. Is one side of the clitoris better enervated or has it just been touched more because that's how your hand falls when you're masturbating? The nerve endings in the penis, for example, are there whether or not a penis is soft or hard. Erection pushes the nerve endings closer to the skin and touch on a hard penis stimulates them in a certain way. These nerve endings are still available to you when your penis is soft You just might not be familiar with how it feels when you touch them. So a lot of this is giving yourself permission and space and time and having the techniques to discover your entire pelvis as a sexual system, to light up all of these different areas and see what is there. Because most of us don't know what is there because it has never been touched. And it has certainly never been touched with repetition and with the right arousal in place to start wiring this as sexually relevant stimuli. I do want to add that if you are interested in exploring deep in the body, I really want to encourage you to be at high states of arousal first. That that it's really important to feel turned on, to feel arousal before you start entering into the body to start exploring certain areas. Because those areas, especially if they're new to you, will not feel that great if you are not already aroused. So that goes for anal touch, that goes for 
in the G-spot region. That goes for cervical touch. Just start with high levels of arousal before you explore. Well, yes, this is true for internal touch, but it's also true when we want to explore things like our labia. For a lot of people, they think the labia are just like curtains to be pulled back. The labia have a lot of nerve endings and can be stimulated in a lot of great ways um, to promote blood flow to the area, to wake up the nerve endings, and just to see what's there. They shouldn't be ignored. The entire sexual system can be touched and stimulated and explored. But as Charlotte was saying, if you just go cold to new nerve endings, it probably won't register as very sexually relevant. If you start with the things that arouse you already, you start with that hot wiring you have down, bring up the arousal a little bit and then start exploring and adding new things the sensation will be already be more sexually relevant. Think about your nipples. They're a world away from your genitals in a lot of ways, but if you just touch your nipples on a Tuesday, they probably won't feel super arousing. If you are already aroused and then graze your nipples, for a lot of people, that sends sparks, that creates arousal. It is wired into your sexual response. So adding new sensations to what already works for you is one really great way to start exploring what more is possible. And then as Charlotte was saying, especially the internal terrain changes with arousal. The external terrain does too. Watch a vulva be aroused and you will see female erection in motion. And just like penises, there are growers and showers. Some vulvas and clitoris get really engorged and the clitoris is really prominent and others, it's a more subtle change, but watch your own genitals change with arousal. Sometime look at yourself with a mirror before arousal, look at yourself mid arousal and then after and notice how much the tissues change. They're changing because they're getting engorged with blood they're changing because the sweat response is kicking in and the lubrication response. But internally, the muscles are firing, blood flow is coming to the area. And in people with vulvas, there's a phenomenon called vaginal tenting, where the vaginal canal blossoms, it opens up and creates a lot more space. And one of the great things of exploring with your hands is you can feel all of this in motion. And so when we're looking at these regions, we're looking at the region of the periurethral sponge, which is the homologue to the prostate. If we're looking at the region of the anal area or of the cervical area deep inside the vagina, the difference of sensation is like the difference between getting a pap smear cold at the doctor's office versus somebody touching you just right at high states of arousal. Like the whole spectrum is available to us when we touch the same nerve endings. And that is context dependent arousal. Context is everything. It's like the sexiest word we know now. (laughs) Context (laughs) is everything. And so if you're exploring this with a partner, and you're feeling a lot of pressure, and you're like, oh, I'm trying to have a G-spot orgasm. Where's my G-spot? I should be feeling more now. Like, if that is the thought going through your head, you're probably not going to feel much 
pleasure, let alone arousal, let alone enough arousal to bring you to orgasm. If instead your attitude is like, oh, I have all the time in the world to luxuriate in this touch. My partner's in no rush. Everything feels so good. Ooh, what's that spot right there? And then you have the skills to communicate both verbally and non-verbally. And you have the skills in your hands to feel what feels good as you are doing it. Then these regions start talking to us. And you have your fingers in the vagina, you're stimulating the clitoris, her whole body is turned on, and you start feeling these regions asking for different kinds of touch. And the different kinds of touch we offer these regions have a lot to do with the anatomy. Again, how do we use anatomy as a map to pleasure? The vaginal wall has almost no sensory nerve endings. It doesn't feel much of anything. It has a lot of pressure receptors And you can push through the vaginal wall, apply pressure on the vaginal wall to access the clitoral body from the inside. And then you can start massaging all of these beautiful muscles and attachments and rocking all of these nerve endings around the bony structures of the pelvis. And this is when you get that fully activated sexual system where you feel like all of your parts are engaged. You feel like your whole sexual system is on board and responding and every movement. And this doesn't have to be with your hands. Hands are the best way to explore it. That's how we teach all of these techniques because you can feel so much more with your fingers than you can with a penis or a toy. But once you have the map, once you understand your body, putting a toy in and rocking it in a specific way You will know like, oh, if I rock my toy in that specific way around my cervix as I'm really excited, it adds this whole other layer of sensation. And this is how a lot of people experience it. It's layers of sensation. So touching your clitoris feels good. It's like a muffin. (laughs) Good muffin. But then you add in some like external vulva touch and it's like, ooh, I have a muffin with icing. And now you add anal touch and it's like, ooh, a layer cake. And then when you go really deep inside, it's like a birthday cake with fucking candles. I don't know. I just made that up. (laughs) You get the idea. Insert your own metaphor here. But the layers of sensation, it's like not like clitoral touch on its own was bad. Still a muffin, but it's not the whole layer cake. I'm sorry. I'll no, never I, use that again. <laughs> um, and you talk a lot about this because like you can get off just with clitoral touch. But often when we add light external anal touch, if we add deep internal pressure, you talk about a sense of expansion and a sense of it deepens. It has more layers. It's more nuanced. And more parts of you are being touched and stimulated. So, of course, that makes sense. Yeah, it's just more intense. And I love that feeling of it feeling like it's deep in the body as well as on the outside of the body. It's like you're really feeling all of your body from the inside out. So we hope that we have reframed this idea of different types of orgasms. Different parts of our body can create arousal. When we touch different regions, it lights up different nerve pathways. When we touch different regions, it moves all of the musculature and nerve endings around in different ways and therefore lights up different kinds of stimulation, sensations, awareness. 
And so much of this goes back to awareness. Like when you touch someone somewhere, part of that touch is saying, here, pay attention to this. Good, skillful, generous, loving touch draws the person you're touching into awareness of that part of the body. And with awareness, we then experience that part of the body as awake, as part of us, as available for pleasure. So if you're just diddling the clitoris or just stroking off the penis, you are lighting up and bringing awareness to one part of the sexual system. How do we use touch? How do we use erotic stimulation to light up our entire sexual systems, to become aware of our entire sexual systems, to become aware of what it feels like when someone is touching you deep inside around your cervix? with the whole awareness of your clitoris and your pelvic muscles, and they have all of that in your hands, and they're saying, here, pay attention here. That awareness and that attention is the experience in and of itself. And then what you make of that experience, how much arousal you build, how much joy you allow yourself to feel, how much freedom, how much emotional release, how much emotional connection you have with your partner or yourself in that moment, That's kind of up to you. But all of these regions, what they allow us is access to different parts of our body and access to different kinds of awareness. And exploring those regions with a spirit of curiosity and delight and just this question of like, how can we play with one another? How can we pleasure one another? That is a really different starting point than a checklist of orgasms to achieve. Yeah, absolutely. And we take this approach because of our love and training of massage, using our hands to explore and light up all of the different parts of the body, all of the different systems, and bringing our awareness and our presence and reverence to the body parts and allowing yourself or your partner to really feel their own body through our care and touch. It's a totally different approach to touching the genitals than most people have been taught, which is really just like a surface level kind of gratifying friction model. The erotic massage lineage that we come from teaches us that the sexual system is this beautiful, nuanced system of nerve endings, muscles, blood flow, bones, glands and fluid (laughs) (laughs) and we can touch that entire sexual system with knowledge and skill and confidence and sometimes techniques get a bad name people think like oh great sex isn't about technique it's certainly not about technique that just tells you that this stroke will always feel good because that is never true our approach to techniques to skillfulness to becoming a skilled lover is about learning the strategies and learning the techniques that train you to pay attention and activate the entire erotic system. And learning the skills of how to be responsive to what you feel. Because each time you approach the body, it will be different as we were talking about. So how do you know that? Our fingers are designed to read braille. They can be that sensitive. And so when you gain the skills of how to really feel, you can be so responsive with your fingers, with your touch, with your presence. And massage the entire erotic system inside and out. 
that is the invitation and then from there you learn how to build all sorts of other activities onto that with that deep understanding that you've gained through this kind of touch you know how to fuck different you know how to use toys differently you know how to change your position to make certain anatomical structures more available to your partner if you discover that oh i really love like deep cervix pounding thumping penetration at this specific time of my cycle you can discover the sex positions that get his penis closer right this gives you a map to your body and it opens up that terrain and so it's not just this one kind of stroke to bring you to this one kind of orgasm right you're unfolding that roadmap and discovering all of the terrain that's possible to you and learning how to approach it learning how to activate it learning how to embody it and be aware of it and then your whole sexual system lights up and you have more access to more parts of yourself and to more kinds of erotic experiences your experience of your sexuality your experience of sexual touch and your experience of your arousal system of your response cycle starts getting way bigger you start understanding what you're capable of and then you can explore within that you still might have orgasms that feel like sneezes sometimes but you have more access to the whole range of experiences and certainly more access to the whole sexual system that we are all sitting on Mm -hmm. we are designed for this and we have not been given the tools to access it we have not been given the tools to access it nor the strategies to pay attention to it. This is a primary part of our offering to you. We, as Charlotte said, learned all of these skills through our erotic massage training and lineage and thousands of hours touching bodies on the massage table as erotic masseuses. And 13 years ago, we realized that these peak experiences people were experiencing under our hands these transformative, mind-blowing, arousing experiences that we were offering people as professional erotic touchers had to be available to people at home. We were getting really frustrated with this idea that a professional erotic massage is like an amusement park ride and you go and you have this thrilling experience, but then you're kicked out of the amusement park. Your body is the amusement park and you have access to it on your own terms. And so we translated all of the skills we had learned and all of the strategies of paying attention that massage has taught us. We translated that all into our erotic touch education, into online courses that are available for you in the privacy of your own home. You can go at your own pace and see what is possible here. Discover new ways of touching yourself and your lover and activate the power of your hands as discovery engines, as tools of curiosity, and as one of the best ways of stimulating the sexual system we know. Your hands are like the best sex toys ever designed, and they never need a replacement of batteries. They're amazing. Hands are amazing. They can unlock so much sensation when we learn how to touch with the skills of massage. It's like a superpower we activate, And we want to bring that to the entire sexual system. You can find all of our online courses and erotic touch education at pleasuremechanics.com. 
the show notes page for this podcast episode will link directly to our best-selling courses on erotic touch and we'll throw in a discount code right into that link because we want these tools accessible to everyone. This should not be gated knowledge for the erotic elite. This is available to all of us and we all have so much more to discover about what our sexual systems are capable of if they are touched with knowledge and reverence and confidence. Yeah, we want you to experience this. So come on over to pleasuremechanics.com, check the show notes page for a link to the courses. We want them to be available and accessible to you. We are really working on a model here of community-supported erotic education. I was just on a consulting call the other day, and he kind of asked me about our pricing structure and why aren't we charging thousands of dollars for our courses like other people in our field are especially when we have been around the longest. We have trained some of the people that are charging 10x our price. And my only response is that this knowledge is for everyone. We want this available and accessible for everyone. That's why we do free podcasts every week. That's why we have such a huge, robust website, a free online course, and we keep our prices low and accessible and available to everyone who wants them. And if they're not accessible to you at our current low price point, let me know and we'll make it work. We get so excited about the idea of beautiful orgasms and pleasure happening in bedrooms around the globe. And then what is possible from that state? What are we all doing in this world when we are lit up with pleasure and joy and connection with one another and ourselves? There is such a beautiful future that we can create from that place together. And this value and this hope and this <laughs> this dream is so much of how we... So much of why we've created our business and that we've made the choices that we have around pricing, around creating free content, like it is about sharing these messages and getting this into your bedroom. Mm -hmm. Yes, <laughs> we are living a life of devotion. We are here for you and with you as you explore what is possible for you. When we get rid of the shame, when we get rid of the myths, what is possible for us as sexual beings? I don't even feel like we've begun to explore that mm. as humanity yet. So join us, join us, come over to pleasuremechanics.com at pleasuremechanics.com slash free. You will find our free online course. You will find all of our other erotic education available to you. And if you love this show and you believe in our work and you want to support us, Go to pleasuremechanics.com slash love and get on board with a monthly sustaining donation and show your love for this work. We really appreciate your support. It is mm -hmm. what allows us to continue to create this robust, free sex education for the globe that we hope is really making a difference for people. Mm -hmm. So and thank you. We have made support. a difference in your life already. Show us some love. Pleasuremechanics.com slash love or enroll in one of our online courses so we can guide you stroke by stroke, step by step along the path of your erotic freedom. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. I'm Chris. <laughs> I'm Charlotte. We are the Pleasure Mechanics. Wishing you a lifetime of pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>